To be totally honest, my ultimate goal is to figure out how to make a real lightsaber. Darth Vader is just not a nice guy. You've got uh, stormtroopers coming to your house every day and you got to take care of them and you need a lightsaber and this is how we do it. Welcome everybody back to the Venture Hub podcast. This is a place where we take your business real or imagined to the next level. I am Todd and with me I've got David and we are ready to talk to you on episode three of the Venture Hub podcast. What are we talking about today, David? Well, today we're going to be talking about the prep because as you've established your idea, like we talked about last time, then you've got to actually take some steps to, to put the thing into practice to actually make it a reality. So we're going to give some basic tips on how to uh, how, how to prepare to launch your business. Right. And really basic, three basic phases that you're going to walk through right. to get yourself prepped. Because if you didn't watch, we can backtrack a little bit on the first episode. We talked about the customer filter, which is the foundation of what we believe is the Venture mm -hmm. Hub is you need to look at everything in and around your business through the customer's eyes, through their perspective, so that you can really reach them better. Because the reality is your product or service is a solution to a problem that your customer is having. Yep. Then the next episode, we talked about the idea where it's you've got this idea, but you don't know what to do with it. So we really drilled down on how to get you a clear idea of what what that product or services is. And then the last step was do it. And a lot of you are probably like, well, what do you mean do it? How do I do it? Other than Shia LaBeouf telling us, you know, that we just do need to, it. right, we just need to yell, <laughs> do it a bunch of times and it's going to happen. How do we really do it? And that's what this is, a, the, the preparation, that's what we're going to talk about today. And mm -hmm. I think um, the, I, the important thing for us is to make this a very simple process. Does It's not going to be real high level business talk. We're not, we're not using words that you're not going to understand. We just want to make this very simple and easy for regular Joe who's got an idea of a product or service that can really help somebody to get that into a flourishing business that's successful, that you can support yourself and your family in whatever lifestyle you want to live. So, because yep. it's really easy to get overwhelmed by, oh, yeah. you know, taking this idea. And that's obviously the whole reason we exist is to help people kind of cut through the clutter and, and be able to kind of get their head around, no, I really, I really can do this. You know, mm -hmm. I can make this thing that I, this idea that's burning in me, I can, I can take some actionable steps to achieve my goals. So Absolutely. I think it's good stuff. Really and it's important stuff. that those actionable steps are something that are achievable. Right. Right. I mean, that's, right. that's important. That's important. Certainly. Um, and so as we go through this process, uh, hopefully we give, we really empower you to go out and, and really do it. Like that's what this is all about. Don't just have an idea, take that idea, mold it into a real business and then go out and, and, uh, you know, help people. Cause that's what we're all doing. Right. Yep. Yep. So, okay. So it's phase one of the preparation uh, block of building, getting your idea to be a business is the, the building phase. We call it, we call it the building phase because there are components you have to put in place to prepare for your business to launch. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, and that's, that's the first phase of preparing yourself for business. What, um, what would be some important things to consider in that building phase in the building? Well, I think first and foremost in the building phase, and it's kind of outlined in your idea, section is uh, how are you going to deliver your product or service to people? Mm -hmm. Do you have uh, digital content that you're trying to get to people? Do you have an actual physical service where you are going to go in person and, and do something for someone? Is it uh, consulting services you're going to be using the internet? Do you have an online store where you're selling product? Do you have a physical store where you're selling product? That's, that's the first question is how am I going to deliver my 
idea to the people that need it, to my customers. I think something also to keep in mind is when you're, uh, you know, when, when you're facing with that, just like you just listed off a bunch of different ways you could go about it. Um, you don't have to do all of it. You know, no, exactly. when you start with an idea, you just just pick one and pick one you think you could manage really well and um, and go with it. And so I don't think it's something that people have to really, you know, spend all this time going like, oh, I could, you know, have an e-commerce site. I could have a, a storefront. I could have this and because then you're you're adding complexity, you're adding expense. And so mm -hmm. you just pick one and you just do it and you do it well. Right. Absolutely. I think that's that's something important to remember. It doesn't need to be complex. It can be. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's good depending on what your business is, but it can be simple. Yeah. Like I said a couple episodes ago, I believe a business is a, uh, you have a product or service, you sell that product or service, and then you count your money. Like it can yep. be that simple. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be complex. Uh, and especially for starting from the beginning, take the simple route. If you, yeah. if you are good in person, then do it in person. Mm -hmm. If you're better behind a computer and doing it online, do it online. Whatever it works best for you. Because uh, no business is the same and no business owner is the same. Right. Right? Right. Exactly. So pick a delivery method. That's mm -hmm. the first section of the build. And then you're going to need a team. Right, David? Mm -hmm. You're going to need a team around right. you to help you with the delivery method. Because as much as we all like to think we can do everything by ourselves, that's not possible. Right. And, and some people might be tempted to, to think when they go, okay, team, it means I have to have these employees and I have to have all this, you know, all this stuff in place. And that's not really what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. when, we, when, we th when we talk about this phase of the building process um, or the prep process, you kind of dream up like what types of people, what types of um, expertise do I need? Mm -hmm. Like if I had no limits whatsoever. Who would I want to be a part of my team to really make this idea go and make it really good? And you just, you, I mean, you just list them out. You come up with all these people. And then as you look a bit more critically at it, then you can really, you know, kind of nail down um, these specific team members are going to be really essential in actually getting started, you know, because remember, we, we don't want to be like all these things could be. We want to come up with things that will be, you know. Absolutely. Um, so you establish these team members, um, and then you just pursue them. But so you have to have that idea in your mind. You know how you're going to deliver your service or product, but then you know who needs to be involved, and then you can have an idea of who to go after to help you out. Right. And I think there's. It's also important within that team. You need to have experts, but you also need to start small. Mm -hmm. Like you need you need to start with a list of as many people and or things right. that you can think of to be part of your team, and then go through and say, okay, what's realistic. As far as if I'm saying I need 50 employees to run my house, run my uh, run my house, <laughs> run my warehouse. Those are called servants. Yeah, and that's a big house. <laughs> I don't have one. If we know someone that needs 50 people to run their house, we should hang out. So if if I need 50 people as employees that I've got to run my warehouse, they've got to do my deliveries, they've got to be salespeople. That's a big operation. Mm -hmm. So scale it down. Mm -hmm. Say, okay, how many can I start with? Can I keep the inventory in my garage or do I need to get a small storage unit? Yeah. If I have one or two people involved, family members sometimes are great and sometimes are horrible. You got to make your own decision on that. Yeah. Um, also, there's a ton of services out there to help business owners, owners so that you don't have to have employees. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of businesses out there that do 
inventory holding. They do delivery. They do logistics for you. They handle all of that. So it's important to say, I don't need to actually have all these people and get overwhelmed, like you said, with manage, because then you got to manage those employees. Right. And that's the part that gets really difficult and time consuming. Um, But you do want to be able to scale. So have your idea of how big do I want this to get? And let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then so that kind of takes us into the third step of the structure phase. And that is it's it's a little bit more basic, but it's going to be driven by the first two. And that's do we need to form an entity? Do Mm. we need to be do we need to incorporate? Do we need to be an LLC? Can it be a general partnership? Can it be a sole proprietorship? Those are all words that they're they're types of entities. And that's as with my CPA background, I have uh, expertise in knowing which one works. You're talking for, real fancy words there. Tom. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but they're, that's what they're called. One of three, nine, 82 Blackhawk. Yeah. So then at that point, then you decide what do you need to do an entity? A lot of people that I talk to, they say, I've got an idea. So I formed an LLC. I'm like, no, what? Back up. Like that's, you don't need to start with forming an entity. That's, that's like putting the horse in, wait, the cart in front of the horse, which way is backwards cart in front of the horse. Yeah. That's but so what, that, what right? would be just real quick, what would be some of the um, downsides of forming an LLC before you have, you know, before it's really appropriate to, well, first and foremost, it's cost. I mean, you, yeah. you had to, unless you like go ballpark, to, what's, what's that cost? Well, if you go to legal zoom and do it yourself and let them handle now, again, we're talking with people that most likely don't understand business entities and you go in and if you click all the buttons, you can spend as much as eight or $900 to incorporate an L to create an LLC. Then you've got the, whatever state you're in, there's franchise fees along with that, that happen every year, whether you make money or not. And then you also pay tax in that state based on the income that you make. So, I mean, we're talking this, this is a big decision that you don't just go, Hey, I made an LLC. Yeah. You need to talk with, you need to get counsel from an attorney and some sort of CPA expert person that would guide you in the right direction. Um, and I think that's a lot of people hear, Oh, LLC, or they say, Hey, you should be an LLC. That's just kind of a buzzword that people use. Mm -hmm. So I think that needs to get driven from what your, how you build your business structure then uh, designates what kind of entity or if you even need to be an entity. You know, I kind of feel like this build phase is similar to like when, when Blake, my son and I, we, we build Legos together. You know, Mm -hmm. he gets like these boxes of, uh, you know, whatever kind of TIE fighter or Star Wars character he wants to make. And so we like, (coughs) we open the thing up and put all the Legos on the table. And so we see Mm -hmm. all the pieces that we're working with. And then we work through the instructions and put it all together. And so the build phase is like, it's like laying it all out there. You know, what team members do I want to have? What, how do I want to deliver it? What are all my options? Should I incorporate? What options do I have there? And then you go, okay, now I know the pieces I need to, to make to, um, you know, to go, Disarm the Death Star or whatever. Disarm the absolute because that is what every business is about is disarming the Death Star. That's the ultimate goal. At least Ultimately, that's what I found. We don't want the Death Star to be in power because Darth Vader is just not a nice guy. To be totally honest, my ultimate goal is to figure out how to make a real lightsaber. Totally true. And as soon as you figure that out, we are going to sell it in person because that's not a good <laughs> online sale. Yeah, yeah. That's like a yeah. hand-to-hand deal. All right. So, okay, so then that takes us. Yeah. But if we built a lightsaber and we mm-hmm. want to get it to the people, we need to communicate to the people that, hey, I've got a great right. product or service that fixes your problem. 
you've got uh, stormtroopers coming to your house every day and you got to take care of them and you need a lightsaber and this is how we do it. How do we communicate that? How, what's the next step after we've built everything and we've got it all laid out? How do we communicate it? Yeah, so the next phase of the prep process is to communicate. And, um, and if, you, if, if you are maintaining this process like we're recommending, you begin with that idea. And there are some things that you established in that idea that are going to help you in the communicating mm-hmm. phase. If you've established, you know, why does this idea matter? We talked about that. Um, when you figure out how does this really help people, what does this do in the world? Um, then you take that and you allow that to drive the, these questions you ask in the communicate phase. And so mm-hmm. one of the first things that we like to recommend is that you say, who is my target audience? You know, yeah. who is going to use my product or service? And, um, <clears throat> and a lot of times that's just, I mean, that can be a basic demographic. That can be a 18 to 24-year-old males or, or you know, 30 to 40-year-old females or um, you know, whatever, living in certain regions. You know, you, there, there are certain demographics that you can establish pretty easily. And what's then, a, What's a good way, a simple way for people to, to quickly say, what is that demographic? Like, maybe they're sitting here with this idea, like, I think it would work for 18 to 25-year-olds, but they don't know. That's just their feeling. How, how would you suggest they go out and find that out? I think a really good start is to see if there's anybody who already produces something similar to what you produce. See if there's a business that already is kind of would be, um, would be competition to you or would be just a similar type of thing. And then you look at how are they communicating? And then you, you do some searches of, you know, what what are 18, 24 year olds looking for? You know, if, if you suspect this is my demographic, then you start kind of researching that demographic itself. And you go, you know, what are some of the main characteristics? Because there's so much marketing research out there that's available for free, you know? Oh, yeah. So you, you can just kind of establish what are some of the things that they're after. Um, and, and the next important part of that, after you've identified who your, who your audience is, is to, to understand where are they? Mm. You know, because it does you no good to send out, like I, I work at a college, and so we have you know, 18 to 24 year olds, mostly we have some non-traditional students, but for the most part, it's that demographic and they don't check their emails. And so if we were to have a a really intense email campaign with these students, um, that would not be a very wise use of resources. You got to figure out where they are and you got to go there. Your messaging has to be appropriate in their language. And that's how the demographic helps you. But then you've also got to figure out, okay, what social media are they on? Um, Is email an effective way of communicating? You know, do they prefer handwritten kind of crafty type things? Are they already on like Etsy pages and things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. or other types of social media that you can, you can really kind of link into, or are there other people who are really communicating well to this demographic? And then how can I piggyback on their success? You know, whether getting them to retweet your stuff or getting them to, to really interact with you, then you, you grab a piece of their audience as well. I think that's uh, two things that you said there's really important. One, uh, you said, look at other people that are doing something similar to what you're doing. And we talked about this in episode one, that there's always competition. There's always mm-hmm. somebody that's going to be either can do it faster or cheaper or better than you. So that's why we want to we want to focus on the customer filter, because we really want to fulfill those needs. Mm-hmm. In this scenario, some people might feel like, well, I don't want to steal their idea. I don't want to do copyright infringement and have an issue on a legal side. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about right. ripping somebody off and moving right. your operation to China and just basically building whatever they're building. 
We're saying there's a lot of people that are competition to you. Look at what they do well. Look at what they they don't do well. Look at what people are praising them for. Look at what people are complaining about. And that really can give you a guide on what can I do different? Because the reality is there's a ton of people out there and mm -hmm. no one person can service all of them with their product or whatever right. their service is. So it's not so much a feeling of I'm stealing their idea. It's like I'm looking for inspiration through mm -hmm. what they do and how they do it. Yeah, you're and learning from them. Totally sure. learning from that. Um, and I think the other thing that you said was where they hang out. I think a lot of us these days are like, well, I'm just going to go on social media. And whatever social media that I'm on, I'm assuming that everybody's there that, that is right. into the stuff that I'm into or that my business is about. And that's easy to say, well, I'm doing that. Well, are you doing that or are you just doing <laughs> it where you hang out? Right. right. And I think that's, that's something that this is really about saying, really, no, seriously, find out what your demographic is and where are they and what are they doing? You know, if you're selling, if you're selling uh, cattle feed, right, you're not going to go to Twitter, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That that's not where your audience yeah. is. And at the same time, if you're if you're uh, an IT company, you're not going to go walk in fields in uh, eastern Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So it's right. very very important to be specific with your audience. And it can still, uh, just like we were talking about before, it can be overwhelming, all the different options, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and you don't have to do it all. Mm -mm. You just got to be smart about what you do. And as you've established, this is who I'm trying to get. This is where they are for the most part. I'm going to, you know, maybe there's five different social media outlets that they're at. Um, then pick one and do it really, really well. Because mm -hmm. a well-executed, small effort is far better than a wide, poorly executed effort. Absolutely. And so, so pick one and just do yeah. it. And so, and so as we communicate, we find out who our audience is, we, we figure out the messages that they really resonate with, we find out where they are and we, we establish ourselves there. And then we ask these questions of ourselves. We say, what do they need to know? Mm -hmm. What does our audience need to know? And why do they need to know it? Because that's gonna help us figure out um, what our messaging will be. And, um, and, and so what do they need to know? Why do they need to know it? And then you have some kind of clear call to action because people aren't going to do things unless you ask them to. Exactly. And so you're, you're in their, in their space, in their, um, in front of their eyes and you've told them, this is what you need to know. This is why you need to know it. And then I want you to push this button right here and yep. buy my product or use my services or sign up for my list or whatever the case may mm -hmm. be, there's got to be some kind of call to action that we give them. And so, and that's, that's when, that's something that when you're in the build phase, we didn't talk about it specifically, but we assume that every business is going to have a website. They're all going to have social media. Right. And that's where most of these calls to action are going to be, whether you're going to sell your service or product, you're going to use everything you've learned in the communication about who's your audience and where they're at. And then that call to action is going to be specific to how you're delivering your product. A really interesting uh, example that I had real quick the other day was I was meeting with somebody who was, um, I was consulting her on, on some marketing efforts and things like that. And um, she runs a food service company. And she was talking about, you know, how do I get people to sign up for a meal plan? How do I get people to sign up for this and to the mm -hmm. subscription kind of thing? And, um, and you know, I, I eat at, I eat their food all the time. And, um, but I've never signed up for a meal plan. I've never paid for the subscription. Mm -hmm. But they've asked me all the time, like, hey, you really ought to do this. And I'm like, yeah, I probably ought to should. I probably should do that. But there's never been a clear pathway of, you know, hey, you should do this and this is how you do it. Not right. not and like this is why. 
Yeah, yeah. Not, not like you need to, you know, go to this building or go to this office and sign up here or write this, you know, go to this website or whatever. It's if, if they were sitting there going, you should sign up for a meal plan. If you just push this button right here on your phone, on my phone, on the computer right here, you can sign up right yep. now. Absolutely. Like that, that would be so much more compelling and I think would produce a whole lot more results. Totally agree. Totally agree. So the communication is, I think, very, very critical. I mean, these are all these are all critical phases to the preparation of launching your business. But the communication, if you get the communication wrong, it doesn't matter how well you've built your your business and how good your idea is. If your communication doesn't work, you're not going to reach the people that need your product or service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then after after you've built you've built the the idea, the structure of your business, you've figured out how you're going to communicate, then you've got to manage all that, David. And mm. that's that's where it, the time starts to slip away from you as a small business owner is you only have 24 hours in a day and only seven days in a week. And most of us like to take at least one or two days off a week and don't like to work 24 hours a day because we have a lifestyle that we'd like to keep up. Right. So there's going to be ways that we have to manage this and for us and for most businesses these days, technology is a huge resource to be able to manage a lot of these things that used to have to be done manually mm-hmm. so that you can have more time to denote to actually performing the service or modifying the product and communicating with your audience. I think that's yep. what we like to we like to move towards is using technology to manage. Now, if you've got employees, there's some technology, but a lot of that's you got to be hands on. Mm-hmm. You got to be in a place where you're face to face with your employees and managing them physically. Uh, there's there's a lot of time that goes into that, and ultimately that might be a, one of your team members that you're looking at. Like, who do I have that can be a good manager of my employees, mm-hmm. or who can be a good physical manager of whatever other things I need to physically manage? Who's mm-hmm. going to manage my IT? Who's going to manage my website? Who's going to manage my social media? That those answers might all be some of the same person. They might be you, you know, at least mm-hmm. at first. Um, but you've got to manage all this stuff because if you're not constantly checking and going back through, even going back through your idea, uh, components and saying, okay, this is the idea. How do, what are people saying about it? How can I be flexible with it and make it better? Do I still believe that this is a good idea? Uh, and then, then going through your prep stages again, this is really a constant process that doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't end if you're continuing to grow and scale your business. These are all really important components and the management part is the part that really can overwhelm you once you've got things in place. And you and I have both uh, had conversations with people to where they didn't manage what they did very mm-hmm. well. And they either had a sense that, yeah, things are going really, really great. And then once you kind of start digging through everything, you're like, no, you are tanking bad, you mm-hmm. know, or they're like, oh, I just don't know if I can keep going at this, you know, and then you, you help them kind of establish a couple systems to, to manage it. And then they go, oh, oh my gosh, I'm doing awesome. And then they can yeah. really be empowered to, to do even better and expand. And there's, there's no way you can, you can expand your efforts or maximize your income unless you have systems in place to manage what you've started. Because it's not, it's not gonna manage itself. If you let it run away, I've heard people talk about, you know, you can pour water on the ground and it'll just run all over the place. But if you pour it into a form or a structure, it creates a river, it creates, you mm. know, a stream. Um, and so, if, if those things are not in place, it's just going to run all over the place and you're going to get tired and burn out and the world's going to miss out on this great idea that you have mm-hmm. that's going to really make a difference for them. And for a lot of people, the process and system preparation is not the fun part. Oh, like, no. That's the part that you're like, oh, do I have to write down 
employee rules? Do I have to write down and, and have a workflow that is efficient? It's going to help me in the end, but I don't want to take the time to do that. Yeah. One, usually because it takes away from me actually doing the business that makes me money. Um, and two, because it's, it's not the sexy part. Right. The, you know, right. The, the idea part, uh, that's like exciting and, ooh, man, this is, I like this. This is fun. But then you get down to the nuts and bolts, which you have to do for a business to be successful. And sometimes that's the worst, that's the mm-hmm. worst, most frustrating part because it's not exciting sometimes. Some people yep. like systems and processes. And those people... You need to get on your team. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Exactly. Because th- there are people that are extremely gifted. I was just mm-hmm. at a conference, and uh, I'm actually, he's going to come on the podcast here in uh, a couple months, but he's a systems and processes guy, and he loves it. Mm-hmm. He's an engineer mind. He's really, really talented, really smart, and he's got some really good ideas. But he's the kind of guy that's like, I don't know systems. I don't know what kind of process I need to have in place. I need to have somebody come on that is an expert in that to say, how do I do this? And maybe not set them up for me, but at least give me direction. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a systems process guy. Are you a systems process guy? No, no. no I think no. that. I, mean, I I think that I um I like to when when I do get organized, mm-hmm. I feel really good about it. But I have to work very hard to be organized. Right. But you also probably don't think you don't wake up at night think, man, I can't wait to set up this new process no, for no. my my web my email list that I'm going to build. Like that's not. Something no, that you're, that's not me at all. You're thinking about a lot. Mm-mm. So, anyways, then we all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses, and that's mm-hmm. why we have a team. Yep. So, in the exactly. prep phase, we've got the the prep section of building your business. We've got three phases. One is you got to build it. You got to mm-hmm. figure out what the delivery method is you're going to use for your product or service. You two, you got to have your team together. Who's going to be? Do you need employees? Do you, are you going to use subcontractors? Are you going to use other vendors? Are you going to use services for your team? How are you going to do all that? And then do we need to form an entity? What kind of actual physical legal business structure are we going to have? Do we, need, um, do we need a resale license? All of those kind of things. Then from there, we get into communicate, right? Mm-hmm. And then to communicate, you want to know who's your audience. Mm-hmm. You want to know where is your audience and where can you get a hold of them. And then you need to have some sort of uh, actionable uh, call to action that they can actually physically do mm-hmm. to get them to the next step, which is actually to use your product or service. Right. And then after you've got your communication down, then you've got to manage it. And that is a continual process that goes all the way back up to the idea that you've got to just walk through it every once in a while to make sure everything is, is tuned up and, and ready to be its best. Because ultimately, that's what you're looking for is your business to be successful and be its best, right? And in managing these processes is where you might have to be flexible with your idea, right? Exactly. You may exactly. have to adjust some things and you go, boy, this is not sustainable the way we're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. But the only way you know that is if you're managing it. Right. So absolutely. So true. Well, we, we jammed a lot of stuff in there, I think. <laughs> jammed it in small spaces. We're going to be doing some live webinars uh, to walk you through some of these things. And ultimately, we're going to have this business builder framework that we've been working on out for you to help you take your business real or imagined literally to the next level. If Mm -hmm. it means just starting it or if it means refining it and making it better and scaling it to go to the next level. That's what this is all about. I'm really excited to help you guys do that. So if you have any questions, email us, uh, admin at venturehubconsulting.com. You can go to the website, venturehubconsulting.com, any of our social media stuff. I'm Todd Frazier, toddfraziercpa.com. Uh, David's all over the place. He's an original Twitter adopter at David Frazier. David Frazier. He's like a big deal and stuff. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. I, could saw, I saw the writing on the wall. 
You knew it. You knew it. You you know what? You have insight. It's amazing. I knew it. I'd actually like to give credit to Chris Smitherman, my friend uh, from <laughs> Iowa, for that one. He said, David, Twitter's going to be the thing. And I was like, it sounds like the dumbest thing in the world. 140 <laughs> characters? And I got so confused because I tried to message somebody and I kept stopping at 140 characters. So I was like, right. this is not email. This right. is not working. But you still signed up. So I'm there. They had action. They communicated. There. Chris right. Smitherman communicated. And then you had a call to action, which was sign up for Twitter. Right. Right. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Okay, buddy. Hopefully, hopefully this was helpful and it wasn't just, uh, you know, information in a boring capacity and we're able to make it interesting and keep your attention so that you can really have some direction as you're building your business. Until next time, have a great day and we will see you soon. Adios, partners. <laughs>